change things up a little bit. We just want to welcome you to the house of the Lord uh, this evening. We hope that uh, you can just enter in and just have a good time and uh, just reach out and let the Lord touch you this evening. Let's sing uh, that old song, Old Time Power, this evening. We are in an upper chamber and they were all with one
put it in G. We'll go ahead and change the order of the service here just a little bit, slow things down. Now that I've got your heart rate going a little bit, let's sing that song, uh, Touching Jesus is All That Really Matters. So touching Jesus is all that really matters. And then your life will never be the same. softly sister um, I don't have any prayer requests written down up here at this moment uh, but brother Barry is going to come a little bit later on with some prayer requests um, so but uh, we all know that we have unspoken prayer requests and we know there are some who just are not able to be here with us so just remember those needs in prayer and uh, just by the lifting of your hand the Lord knows each and every unspoken prayer request and if I could have brother Jason uh, come up and uh, pray over the service and just uh, change the order of it. Amen, let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so thankful we can come and gather again in your house. Lord, just to sit down at your feet and just hear, hear from you, Lord, and Lord, we just commit ourselves to you this evening, and Lord, thinking of the many needs that come across this pulpit, Lord. Lord, thinking of Eli, Lord, we just ask that you would go to him tonight, Lord, as we're going to be having prayer. Lord, he's on my heart. And I put myself and Brother Sam shoes as a dad. If that was my boy, I'd be wanting people reaching out. So, Lord, I just ask, Lord, that you would just come in a special way tonight. May many prayers be answered, Father, as we unite our hearts together. Lord, think of a brother Keith. Lord, don't see him here this evening, Father. Lord, I ask you to raise him up for your glory. Lord, I'm looking for a wonderful testimony of healing, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just ask that you would just be with our pastor as he would come and bring these needs, Lord, before you, Lord, before the people, as we just unite our hearts, Lord. We just look for a wonderful time this evening. Bless the remainder of the song service, the songs that will be sung. Be with Brother Mitch as he would lead us, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. 
Let's put it in um, the key of B flat, sister. Sorry, A flat. I apologize. <laughs> Let's sing that song, Her Majesty. We'll just take a, a little bit here just to sing a song or two and uh, before Brother Barry comes this evening. So, Majesty, worship his majesty. Jesus who died 
Sister Becky, if the ushers would come forward at this time, we'll take up our tithes and offering real quick. 
us if you would pray. Just as Brother Barry comes this evening, let's uh, put it in the key of F and uh, sing that song, Hear My Prayer. So hear my prayer, O Lord, from the ends of the earth I cry, your That is higher than I For you have been my strength In times of trouble Mine enemy Lord, I will With you Forever In the shed the Lord. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the house of the Lord. Let's take your Bible, if you will, and we're going to go directly to Luke, the 21st chapter. We'll let our musicians take their places tonight. Luke chapter 21. And we'll begin reading at verse 29. We appreciate all of you being here and uh, joining with us tonight. For this, our second time that we gather together and have our little, just a little uh, few comments uh, tonight, and then we'll just spend a little extra time in prayer over the needs that I have written down here. And I didn't give them all all to Mitchell. I have two pages of uh, prayer requests here that are uh, were specially given to me today. Luke chapter twenty-one, verse twenty-nine. Before we speak the word, let's speak to him. Dear Heavenly Father, we count it a great privilege, Lord, to be gathered together in your house tonight with your people, Lord. And we just have a sense, Lord, that uh, your, the, the people, Lord, have an expectation on their hearts, O oh God, that you're going to speak to us, Lord. You're going to move on behalf of the needs and the requests that we have uh, laid before us here, Lord. And I, I just pray now that you would meet that expectation in every heart. And I ask and pray, Lord, that you would just bless the word now. We know, Lord, the word is living it's not a dead letter, but Lord, it's a living word. And I just ask and pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would quicken that word to our hearts. And Lord, we commit our every need or every burden to you. 
And as we approach this sacred moment, Lord, of reading your word, I just pray that you would look at us, see us, Lord, through the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and forgive us of anything, Lord, that may be grievous to you, Lord, that may be contrary to the moving of the Holy Spirit in our midst. Have your way now tonight, we pray. Minister to those who are sick. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. And he spake to them a parable. I mean, Luke 20, 21, verse 29. Behold a fig tree, which is Israel, and all the trees. And when they shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. And verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life, so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. And watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. And may the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. Thank you for being here tonight. Lock in with me. I want to just answer a question. I received a great question this week, and I want to deal with that question. Uh, And in doing that, we'll... Uh, take a little time on the subject of prayer, and then we'll give you these requests. Then we'll have a word of prayer together. Now, <clears throat> I just want to say this at the beginning here, that um, it is very easy for, for us being here so often and uh, being, being in church. A lot of you young people that are here tonight are raised in church and surrounded by the principles of God, and we think about them. I want you to uh, not underestimate, though, the power of the truth of God's word embedded in your mind. David said one time, he said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The word actually is a buffer or a barrier between the spiritual darkness that exists beyond that. And sometimes we don't realize, but we are quite, uh, we are, we're actually quite protected by that buffer of God's presence and God's word in our lives. Let me read you a little statement that Brother Branham, uh, Brother Branham made. And he was in the beginning of a service in Owensboro, Kentucky, and he was on his way overseas. And he said, now, I go to different parts of the world if God permits, and sometimes it gets awful dark. And he's not talking about physical darkness here, but spiritual. And I've seen times where I wouldn't know where to turn next. He said, there's doctors, witch doctors, there's demons, everything on hand. And it's not an easy thing. And he said, and you're standing there representing Jesus Christ and the most holy thing in all the world. You're standing there and every demon trying his best to press in. And when you're dealing in another world, he said, you must remember reproach on his name would do more than all the good you would ever be done. So in that, in that moment when you're, when you're representing the kingdom, if you make a mistake, that will, un, that will undo a lot of things, even more than all the good you'll do in a particular meeting. So he said, we want to do our best, in other words. We want to make sure that we say the right thing, do the right thing, that we're following God's word just exactly the way he wants it done. And he said, Satan is just watching for one opportunity. 
He said, pray for me, won't you? Now, I, I don't want you to just isolate this kind of a statement to Brother Branham, but I feel the same way. I feel the same pressure that, that I, when, I, when I stand here, I want to say the right thing. I want to do the right thing. I want to be in the right place. I want to be doing exactly what God wants me to do. And I don't want to say something wrong. I don't want to misrepresent the kingdom. I don't want to misre- misrepresent the message in any way at all. And I know, I know that outside of that barrier of the presence of God, there's a spiritual world of darkness out there that's ready to press in. There's a moment you give them an opening. And I don't think we should take for granted the fact that God has allowed us a kind of protection and a, uh, not, only, not only protection, but a joy within that realm that God has given, in that, in that realm of light, in that realm of truth, in that realm of divine peace. God has given us that. And, you know, in that realm, you feel like, oh, I can do all things and I can pray and I can have faith and I can trust God and I can enjoy the presence of God. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people in the world don't know what you're talking about. Because they don't live, they don't have that, they don't have that gap between their, their person and the spiritual darkness that's out there. That spiritual darkness is upon them because we live in a, in a dark world. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. And he says, and you're, when you're dealing with that other world, he said, Satan is just watching for one opportunity. He said, pray for me. And when the nights are stormy and dark in Africa and the wind is howling and the witch doctors are challenging, he said, I'll be thinking about Owensboro, that there's a bunch of people praying for me. And I think this, that, you know, we're going to spend a little extra time in prayer tonight. And I don't think we should underestimate the fact that uh, God does great things when we come to him in prayer. And we should be praying one for another. Even if you're not the closest friends with everybody, or you might not agree with everybody and everything that everybody does. You know what? If they're professing to know Christ, and they're a follower of this message, and they're a part of a local body, we should be praying one for another. And not just in a, a very a casual way. We should just be saying, Lord, protect, protect me and my family, and protect them and their families. Protect us all, because we all need the same level of protection. And I, I believe that, you know, what, what we know uh, shields us from those fiery darts that Satan would, uh, would, would throw at us. And uh, God wants you to live in the reality of who he is. He's our savior, right? He's our Lord. He's our guide. He's our protector. He's our shield. Isn't that right? He's a shield and a buckler. And God wants us to live in the reality of who he is. I've said this many times to many people that, that, uh, you know, a lot of times people are afraid to make a decision because they're afraid they're going to make the wrong one. I don't know if you've ever been there, but a lot of times we're we're hesitant or reluctant to make a decision because, well, what if I make the right one? All right. You can look at it that way and and you can be uh, you can be stagnated. And that's what's going to happen if you if you if you hold that position. But let's look at it this way. Let's believe that the footsteps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Let's believe that first. And let's believe that <clears throat> what Brother Branham also said was, he said, if you make a decision in the path of duty, and I'm, I, yeah, all right, here it is. Brother Branham said in a message, oneness. He said, we know we make mistakes. He said, but we mustn't look at that because it's not your mistakes because you're always going to have them. You're always going to make mistakes. But it's following his rules, following what he said do. Stumble and falling doesn't have one thing to do with it. A real true servant, if he'll stumble, he'll get up again. And if he wobbles, God pulls him right back in the path 
as long as he's in the path of duty. Hello? You know, if I stumble and I make a wrong decision or if I make a wrong choice, I believe, I believe that according to the heart of God, he's going to pull me back into, onto that pathway again if I wobble. He said God's going to pull him right back on that path again as long as he's in the path of duty. But if he's off that path of duty, God's not obligated to him. I mean, if you turn your back on, your, on the word and you say, well, you know, I don't believe that prophet, I don't believe the pastor, I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to go to a denominational system or I'm going to turn my back on God. Or, hey, you know what? The way of a transgressor is hard, right? And we don't want that for anybody. We don't wish that upon anybody. But when a person is in the path of duty, in other words, they're prayerfully trying to find the mind of God. They're trying to make a right decision. They're trying to know what it would be that was pleasing to God. Watch what he says. But as long as he's in the path of duty, God's obligated to him, knowing that he's just a man or a woman. <coughs> God knows your inability to see the future. He knows your inability to see beyond the present. Isn't that right? I mean, you might be sitting there thinking, well, you know, I want to marry a girl, but I don't know how it's going to come out. Or, you know, I want to go to this college or this college, uh, you know, and I think that would be right, but maybe I should not go to college in that town. Or, you know, you're, you're thinking about a future that hasn't happened yet. And you know what? God has never given you the ability to see the future. And according to what I understand, he's not going to. <clears throat> He'll lead you and guide you, but he doesn't let us see the future. And so therefore... You have to make a decision knowing the heart of God, that God loves you so much that if you stumble off the path, God's obligated to bring you back on the path if you're in the line of duty. Doesn't that give you a little bit more comfort in making a decision? Surely it absolutely does. Because, uh, you know, we, we, we know that we, the principle is that we know that God loves us and he cares for us. And he's not going to see us flounder out there and wander off in the, in, uh, out of the will of God. But I, I like it this way. Jesus never lived in reaction to what Satan was telling him. But rather he did what the Father showed him. He absolutely did what the Father showed him. And we are not to be overcome by evil. And Satan has absolutely no right to control or guide you in life. I said he has no right to overtake you or to guide you in life. Absolutely. He doesn't have that right at all. Romans 12, 21, I believe it is. Paul says, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And Satan does not have that right. And Jesus only did what the Father showed him. And that's exactly what we should do. So therefore, when we pray, we should pray with the heart of God. Because rather than all of our lives treating God like a Coke machine and saying, Lord, I need this, Lord, I need that, Lord, I need something else, Lord, come and rescue me, and so forth. I, I, I rather, I, I, I will just say this. I enjoy, I enjoy knowing the mind of God that I can align myself and my requests with what I know is true about God. Lord, I may not know and I may not understand about the future. I don't know how all this is going to come out, but I know you love me. And I know you know my motives are, are right. And I know that I've waited on you and I'm, I, I'm still going to wait on you, Lord. I'm going to just entrust this into your care. And uh, I want you to take it and, uh, and deal with it according to your will. And you know what? When you say that, you're expressing a faith in God. And that's what pleases God. Right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay. Let's, let's look at the question. The question that was given to me was, when we have a need, we are to bring it before the Lord in prayer and then believe. If we keep asking God, 
continuing for the same need, if we keep asking God and continuing for the same need over and over, would that not be a form of unbelief? Just wondering how to balance out <clears throat> continuing to ask and believe. That's a great question. Now, let me, let me deal with that uh, this evening here. And the short answer, and I only have uh, a, sh- a short answer and a short long answer. So this is going to be short. And this is not exhaustive. Okay, there's more things that I could say about this. But <clears throat> I-, I can give you a couple of examples of here uh, of how, th- how that people did it. And Brother Branham commented on that. Uh, for instance, he said uh, there was a question that was asked him in 1964, and they asked Brother Brandon, why can't we sell our house? P.S. We have prayed and fasted to sell it, yet no results. So they want to know, they're wanting to move somewhere, and he said, why can't we sell our house? And he said, well now, brother and sister, if your objective is right, and you're trying to buy a home, he said, and you want a uh, better place for your children and so forth, he said, I don't know what it's all about. In other words, I don't know your motive, but I'd say this. If you're trying to sell it and fasting and trying to sell it, then commit it to the Lord and forget about it. Because it might be that you might move in somewhere else and it might not be right. In other words, you don't want to be pushing to make this happen. You want to go through the process that you normally would go through and then commit it to God. And then he says... And if you're a Christian and you trust in the Lord, because you surely are, or you wouldn't be fasting and praying, I just commit it to the Lord and say, now, Lord, when your time comes for us to sell it, you'll send the buyer. Then it's committed to the Lord. Take your hands off it and go ahead. I believe that'll work. That's what he said. I believe that'll work. So you don't want to push it uh, because you may wind up in a place that you're not meant to be. So in other words, there may be a, a house that's open up over here and you got your eye on that one and uh, you know, you're, you're looking at that, well, if I sell my house, I can move into this house right away because that's a great price. But you, don't, you may not know what, what the neighbors are like in that, in that neighborhood or for whatever reason. That may not be the will of God for you to move there. So God may delay the sale of that house for, say, six or nine months. And then that house is gone now. It's sold to somebody else. So you're going to wind up living over here. And you know what? There may be somebody living next door to you that needs a witness of the, of the uh, last day's message, right? And so God placed you there rather than over here. And we don't know that. But he says, in this case, he said, commit it to God, commit it to the Lord, take your hands off it and go ahead, live your life and just trust Lord. You're going to send a buyer when it's time. That's a good answer. But now, <clears throat> there are other occasions where, and I will say this, that... <clears throat> There is no pat answer. There's no set answer when it comes to prayer. There's no just one way to to give it to God. Because Martin Luther said one time, and he was referring to this parable that I'm going to read in just a moment here, uh, in in Luke chapter, sorry, in the book of Luke. And uh, he said when a person has a, a prayer request that is on their heart and continually on their heart, he said, take your canon of prayer and aim it at the gates of heaven and keep firing until the door comes open. Now, <clears throat> Brother Branham said, he said, there's a scripture in the Bible. And he said, where this woman had an issue of blood. And she said in her heart, he said, <clears throat> she said in her heart, if I can touch that man's garment, I'll be made well. 
And he said, Jesus going along through the crowd, uh, he said, while that woman was there, and that, that was her anticipation. And she touched him. And passed, when she touched him, he said she passed the sound barrier. In other words, there was some, something supernatural uh, that happened when she touched him. And he said when she touched him, she passed that sound barrier. She was free, for in her heart, she said, I've done exactly what I felt to do, and if I did that, I'd get healed. So that's what she was led to do. And she says, if I can just get near him and touch him as he passes by. Now, let me tell you that in, in, in the Jewish culture, that is not done. A woman or a Gentile is not allowed to touch a rabbi. And they considered Jesus to be a rabbi. So this was not an ordinary thing at all. For her to do that, it must have been an act of faith for her, for, uh, for her to touch him and, in a sense, contradict the law. But somehow or another, she knew that touching Jesus would make a difference. In the same way that Jesus met the woman at the well, and, he said, and, and she even said to him, it's not customary for you even to talk to me. There are certain customs and things in place here that uh, you know, don't go together. But you're here anyway. And uh, Jesus says, uh, when Jesus uh, knew that somebody touched him, he's, Brother Branham goes on describing uh, this. He said, and do you believe that if Jesus will make you well, he said, you, you'll get the same thing? And she walked right out and perhaps sat down. And Jesus stopped and said, now who's touched me? And they all said, well, nobody's touched you, but everybody's touched you. And he said, why would you say such a thing like that? And he said, everybody running against you and saying, hello, Rami, glad to meet you. Hello, Jesus, the Galilean prophet, and so forth. And he said, Jesus said, Brother Bram's quoting now, he said, Jesus would have said to them, that may be true, but somebody touched me different. And he said, that's the touch you want. And somebody touched me in a way that they passed that sound barrier, and I felt virtue and weakness come, come out of me. And he said, strength went out. And he said, and he looked around over the audience until he found that person that had touched him. And he held her condition. And he told her her condition and said that her faith had saved her. No vision, nothing. He said, no, he just knew that her faith had saved her because the pull of all the faith in there, it was so much greater in her. So lots of other people had a pull, exercised a pull on Jesus, but this woman had a greater pull on him. And he knew that when she touched him, that was a different kind of a touch altogether. And she knew that was a different kind of a touch. But the whole thrust for her was just to get, uh, get near him, and if she could touch him somehow or another, uh, that healing virtue uh, would flow to her. Here's Brother Branham in Possessing All Things. He said, now take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. He's at the end of the service and they're beginning to sing. And he says, leave it there, leave it there. That's all you do. If your body's racked with pain and your health you can't regain, just remember God in heaven answers prayer. Just He knows the pain you feel and he can save and he can heal. Just take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. It's a good thing for you to take your burden to the Lord. That's the right place to take it. And I think that's the right place to take it first, to take it to him. Before you do anything else, before you go into the doctor, before your kids go to school to have the test, I think it's a good thing for you to pray and just give it to God and leave it right there. We're going to leave this request right there. And Lord, we're going to do all we can, all you lead us to do, but we're going to leave this right here, take our burden to the Lord and leave it there. But, you know, when it comes to a mom praying for their children, I don't think that you can just say, 
uh, we're going to uh, take this to the Lord one time, leave it there and walk away and not, not think about it anymore. It's in a mom's heart to think continually about her children. God made her that way. And you know, I don't find anywhere in Scripture and I don't find anywhere in the message, and I searched all day today, uh, except when I was driving and, and chatting, talking and so forth, but I never found anywhere where Brother Branham discouraged people from coming to God continually. Because Jesus said, when you come to that hour and that late hour that we're living in, and all these things are happening around us here, he said, pray always. And you know what? It's not that God's going to forget. And it's not that God doesn't already know before you go the first time. But to me, that's what the altar is for. And the altar of prayer and the altar of uh, God's presence is to be able to come to God and give that request to him and just lay it at his feet, and, and in your sincerity, you're acting just exactly like that woman who came to the unjust judge. Now, <clears throat> Brother Man talks about this unjust judge, and he says, and this is found, he says, <clears throat> if you don't mind, just take your Bible. I want to go to look at one more scripture in Luke chapter 18. I think this is where it's found. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. Yeah. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Saying, there was in a city a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. So this is not a godly judge, okay? This is somebody who doesn't regard God at all. And there was a widow in that city, when she came to him saying, avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterwards he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. So this woman's coming to, an, and this is a parable that Jesus is giving us, an example here. And this man is not doing it for a righteous reason. He's not doing it because uh, he's got the heart of God. But this is a, a, a judge, a carnal judge, and he's reacting to her continual coming. That's the point. Jesus is saying she just doesn't come once. She comes continually and she's beseeching this judge because she knows, listen, she knows the judge has the power to make a decision and to act upon her request. She knows that. So even if he, if he doesn't respond the first time, she's going to go again. But can you look at it again? Can you take it up again? I want to give it to you again. I want you to hear the case again. And she's continually going to that judge. And he says, hey, the only way, the only way that I'm going to have this woman stop is to deal with her question. So I'm going to do it. And verse 6 says, and the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God, hear what, hear what just happened, verse 7, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him? Though he bear along with them? In other words, if an unjust judge would do that in an unrighteous, non-biblical setting, think about how your Heavenly Father is going to react to you when you come. And you know what? He loves you. And this is what I mean when I talk about praying, in, in the, praying according to the heart of God. Hey, we come to Him, and we know that He loves us, and He cares about us. And sometimes, you know, we, we think, well... 
uh, Lord, I just want to lay it before you again. And it's a comforting thing for me to have a place to go with my prayer. And I'm going to come again. And it's not that I don't believe you, you didn't hear me. It's not that I'm thinking you ignore me or anything else. I know you love me. But Lord, here I am. I'm coming back again, and I want to bear my heart. I want to pour this out before you. And I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Verse 8. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith in the earth. Shall he find that kind of faith in the earth? Shall he find a people who don't need to be entertained? They don't need to have signs dangle in front of them continually? They don't need to have miracles and signs and wonders happen every service. You know what? We believe God is God. And he's our fa- not only is, our, is he our father and our savior, but he's our bridegroom. And he loves us. Amen. And I'm coming to him and I'm coming to him uh, repeatedly even here. Like this woman in the parable, I'm coming as a bride to him because I've got a need. And Lord, I need help. And, I've got, and, and it could be a physical thing. Uh, it, it could be a, a marital thing, could be a family issue, could be a job issue, whatever else. Lord, I, I've, I've got a burden. I've got a, I've got a problem here, and I'm bringing it to you. Now, there are times when you feel like, uh, like we've already mentioned in the quote here, there are times when you feel like, <clears throat> hey, all right, God's got it. Leave it there, and we're going to have confidence and trust that God's going to take care of it. There are times when you do that. We're going to sell our house. Put the for sale sign out there. We've done everything we need to do. We've cleaned up the yard. We've done everything that we, we can possibly. We're just going to commit this now. Family, let's gather together. We're going to pray and commit that to God. And you know what? It's his now. And there are, there are times and there are certain kinds of requests that we're going to uh, give it to God with confidence, believe that he hears us. And then there are other times when Jesus is giving us the example here uh, that, uh, listen, there's nothing wrong with you going to God in sincerity and repeatedly and believe this, that God loves you and he cares about you. And if an unjudged just judge can be turned by this woman's sincerity and her continual coming, how much more will your heavenly father turn to you? Amen. Jesus said, now, will we find that kind of faith in the end? Will we find that kind of understanding in the hearts of God's people at the end? When we prayed for Eli over here, uh, I'd, like, I'd just like to explain this and say that uh, I felt in my own heart that the very best thing we could do for Brother Sam, Sister Nadia, and the family is simply put our arms around them and pray with them that God would deal with their son and bring him to the point of salvation. Because that's what families should do, right? That's what families do. They take one another's burdens. Hey, what happens to one happens to all. What affects one affects to all. When one is happy, we're all happy. When one is uh, going through a struggle, we're all going through a struggle. That's, that's what it means to be connected to a body. And you know what? I don't doubt uh, that there, uh, when we did that, there, that there are, have not been many other prayers um, sent up to the throne for Eli. I know I have prayed for him, and I've even contacted him because... Uh, I have a little channel to him, and I've contacted him because I don't want him to think nobody cares about him. And I don't want him to think that nobody's praying for him and, and uh, you know, uh, interceding to God for him. I, I, and I wanted to make sure he knew that. And you know what? That's what families should do. And whatever way we can uh, do with Sam and Nadia and the family to bring that need to God, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll, get, I'll make this statement. You stop praying for Eli when you see Eli at the altar. All right? Because you know what? To me, that's the thing that he needs. 
And that's the thing that we really desire to see God do. I know there are other families here that have similar type needs. And uh, it's a good thing for us to do that. Some of those needs don't always get spoken. And uh, they, they, uh, you know, they just remain in the hearts of people. And that's perfectly okay. But there are times when uh, you know, we're going to do it like selling our house. We're going to commit it to God. It's in God's hands. We're going to leave it right there. And we're going to go on about our business. And there are other times when we're going to be like this woman who went to the unjust judge and we're going to go and we're going to go again and we're going to go again and we're going to bombard the gates of heaven with the cannon of prayer until somebody opens that gate. And to me, that's not unbelief. That's a persistence that Brother Branham talked about. Brother Branham preached a sermon called Persistence and he preached it over and over and over again because he did not want us to be passive about things. He didn't want us to be fatalistic about things. Fatalism will say, well... We prayed about it, we gave it to God, whatever it will be, will be. That's kind of a dangerous attitude when it comes to important things. But we want to be persistent, we want to be consistent, we want to be sincere about things and come to God. So I would say there's no, there's no right or wrong on this question here. I think it's okay to do both. But when we come to God, even if we come to God continually, don't come to God as an unbeliever. Come to him and say, Lord, I just want to feel your arms around me. I just want to see your presence move here and make a difference. And this is a need that's of uh, utmost importance to me. And I certainly want to uh, see your uh, power act on this behalf. Brother Bram said, being prayed for, it doesn't have to be an instant healing. He said, this is in the message, Hear Ye Him, in 1957. He said, it can happen a week afterwards, but just hold on. He said, God will do it if you'll just believe him doesn't have to be an instant thing. He said it can happen a week later or whatever. He said, hold on. God will do it if you'll just believe him. And the last quote I'll leave you with, Brother Branham says in the message, Forsaking All, in 1958, he says, no, you don't need to have the prayer card. And he often goes through this. If you, if you research that in the database, Brother Branham often says this, you know, like, all right, I don't have a prayer card, so now God's not going to deal with me. He said, don't think that way. Don't think that way. He says, you don't need to have a prayer card. The only thing you need to have, this is what I'm going to leave you with, everybody listening, the only thing you need to have, and here's a prophet giving us instruction now on how to do it, how to pray and how to approach God. The only thing that you have need of is faith in God. Just believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ heals the sick and the afflicted, and he will certainly do it. So it doesn't matter whether uh, you know, it's in a prayer meeting or it doesn't matter whether it's in your home or whatever else. What you want to have is, is faith in God. You want to believe that, Lord, when I bring this request, I'm presenting this to you in sincerity. And I believe, Lord, you know my future. I believe you know what's best. And I believe, Lord, that you're able to, uh, to do this or that or to bring healing, to get me a job or to help my family or whatever it is you're going through. Find me a wife or find me a husband or whatever it is that you have need of. As long as you're in the path of duty, right? Stay in the path of duty. You want to be in the will of God. You want to pay your tithes. You want to go to church. You want to be doing what God says you should be doing. So we're not doing one thing in the sanctuary here and living a completely different life somewhere else. When a person's in the path of duty, we want to come to God, present our request to Him. And even if we make a wrong decision, he said, God's obligated to you. I think it's a wonderful thing when a prophet says, God's obligated to you. You say, how does that work? Well, it's just like David running out on the field against Goliath, right? There ain't a chance in the world that under normal circumstances, David's going to be victorious over a giant like Goliath. 
But you know what? God was obligated to David because a prophet had anointed him to be the next king over Israel. So God's obligated to David. So some way or another, God's going to take care of this giant. He's not going to be too big for David. So in the same way, whatever it is that you're facing, believe that God is obligated to you to get you to the right place, the right time, doing the right thing, marrying the right person, and being in the center of God's will. Stay in the path of duty. Stay in the will of God. Make that your first priority. In other words, out of the Gospel of Matthew, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. And just stay in that path of duty. And Brother Ram said, God's obligated to get you back on that path if you wobble off. I know I'm speaking to a bunch of wobblers. Because we all wobble. We all struggle with decisions and deciding what it is that we're, you know, should, should be done. And <clears throat> I will tell you this. With all due respect, and I'm not biased at all, but women very often, often have a struggle making decisions. Probably more than men. And I'll give you a little piece of advice. If you're putting your question out to everybody, say on social media, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do here? Here's the circumstance. Watch. Anybody know what I should do? And then some people will say, man, I've never been so confused in all my life. No wonder. Because if you put it out to 100 people, you're going to get 100 answers, right? Having faith in God means... We're going to primarily put it in his hands. And we're going to wait to hear that voice. Hello. Then you're exhibiting faith in God. Now, I don't think it hurts to get on so, online and say, hey, let me tell you what God showed me. Let me tell you what God spoke to me. And share those things. But if you're looking for the will of God from everybody out there, they're not obligated to you. And they're not obligated to guide you and lead you and be with you even in you to the end of the way. So you had to make sure you're careful about where you're putting your trust and your confidence. All right, let me give you some prayer requests, and then we're going we're gonna to stand together and pray. I had a note from Sister uh, Mary Smith, and she asked us to remember her grandson, Landon. He fell and injured his eye, and it's pretty serious. They're hoping not to have surgery. So they asked if uh, we could remember Landon in prayer. Uh, we, had, uh, we have several unspoken requests here, and uh, a couple of folks are here, and we just, we're going to keep those uh, anonymous here. We want to remember Brother Peter and his family who are not here tonight. Uh, Sister Jackie Sylvester, she asked us to remember a friend of hers, Jennifer Cam Cameron, who has cancer, and she asked us to pray for her. Uh, I was speaking today with Brother Ron Knobloch, and Brother Ron is not here because he's on his way to Florida. Uh, Brother Ron's uh, mother was put in hospice care today, and uh, this happened uh, rather suddenly. She had pneumonia. Uh, she was responding for a little while and then faded into uh, a, a kind of coma, unconsciousness, and so uh, Brother Ron is on his way to Florida, so we sure want to remember uh, Brother Ron and his mom and family there. Brother Ron was very close to his, uh, his mom. Sister Chanel asked us to remember her stepdad, Gary, and he has a number of serious complications, lung cancer. Uh, he has a heart condition, and he also has an aneurysm. 
In a situation like this, very often one treatment can conflict with another condition or the medications they're giving for another condition. And so Sister Chanel asked us that the Lord would undertake for him and in the time he's going through this treatment that he would use that time uh, to seek the Lord and give his heart to God. Uh, Brother Troy and Sister Connie Hughes are not here tonight. They are, uh, they are at home. Sister Connie had to take a series of shots today to relieve the pain uh, in her spine. And uh, so they're not here today. And Brother Troy is suffering with a, uh, like a sinus infection, a virus. And so they were not feeling good. Now, I'd like to say this, that uh, a couple of Sundays ago when I talked about Brother Troy, I did not mean to imply that we need to stop praying for Brother Troy. Uh, they, they did not do open-heart surgery, and that was the thing. And I listened to the uh, recording from the doctor and also uh, conferred with uh, his doctor, sorry, his, their daughter and uh, Sister Deborah. And I also, before I came up to the pulpit, I pulled Brother Troy out of the assembly, and I talked to him about what the doctor said. And I did not mean to imply that we should not be praying for Brother Troy because he still has a hardened heart. Now, not a hard heart spiritually, but physically. And it's a very, very difficult uh, situation to treat. And they wanted to give him an experimental drug, and he did not want to do it, which was probably a good thing. And uh, they were contemplating open-heart surgery, and they were praying that uh, he would not have to have that. And he did not have to have that. The doctor did not want to do it. Uh, to cause any further complications. But we do want to continue to remember Brother Troy. Okay? Also as well, uh, Brother Joe and Sister Frida Drum, uh, they, uh, they are part of our assembly, and uh, they've not been here in a little bit because they are dealing with a low immunity situation, and they're taking some uh, medication that helps boost their immunity. And she really, uh, she wrote me today and really appreciated everybody praying for them. And they're hoping to be back. They don't go out to restaurants and they don't go out to other places. They've just been quite isolated because of this immunity issue. Brother Keith uh, had a, another examination today. And uh, the doctors are dealing with uh, three things. And I won't go into the details there because it's kind of complicated. But uh, Brother Keith has uh, some issues with his liver and with his kidney function. And he also has to, in order to be treated successfully for those things, he has to get the uh, diabetes under control. And his diabetes has been kind of reacting wildly lately. And so uh, we, sh- we want to remember Brother Keith for sure. Sister Lisa Pascal wrote to me today, and uh, she asked us to remember her. She has to go through hernia surgery uh, upcoming here, and also for Brother Joe. Brother Joe had an eye appointment today. And uh, the doctor wants to do, hopefully, to be able to do laser surgery. He has an accumulation of blood in the left eye, and he can hardly see out of it, especially driving at night. It's very difficult. And so they're hoping to be able to do a laser surgery procedure where they'll just drain that and so forth, and things would be better. Also, their son Joseph has a job uh, request in here as well. Sister uh, Jesse Cockman uh, gave us a request for the father of Sister Melissa, and he has to go through, his name is Florin Morrison, and he's on the list for kidney transplant. Is that right? Am I correct? Yeah. Sorry? They got a donor. They got a donor. Wow. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's quite a big event to have that done. And also, uh, this was mentioned, and I think this is an important thing, that um, she mentioned a, a, a spirit of anxiety, 
and uh, that that not only um, that that has affected lots of different people. And I'd like to comment on that in just a moment here, but we'll we'll hold that. We had a note from someone else who was uh, asking for prayer for uh, sickness and also income issues. Uh, Sister Sarah Basaki asked for prayer for an unspoken request, but also her sister Hannah, who's about to make a decision that's probably not a good one. We also want to remember Sister uh, Amariah Hannah, that's Brother Paula Fonstein's daughter, who Sunday night was in a uh, collision, a T-bone collision, and uh, we were alerted to that after we left the service, and uh, she came, walked away from that uh, accident. We saw pictures of the vehicles there. It was just horrendous what, uh, what she went through, but was very thankful. And Brother Paul said, he said, I believe the Lord watched over my daughter tonight. And uh, there was a whole bunch of little things that happened that uh, just made the outcome a little more sweeter, but uh, we want to remember her in prayer. Brother Mike Pritchard is not here tonight, had to work overtime. And I'd also like to put in a request here for overwhelmed people. I don't know if you're one of these people, but I know that, I, you know, in talking to people in, the, in our assembly, and uh, sometimes I feel it myself, you know, there can be so many things added on and piled on, and not because there's any, any of it is wrong or any of it is uh, something that, as a result of you doing something wrong, not at all. But there are times when things happen to us and they're just added on, and you feel, you can feel overwhelmed. You can feel like, how, how do I stop this? How do I stop this momentum? And in seasons like that, sometimes you just got to take things as a priority. Well, all I can do is this, and then all I can do is that, and, and work your way through it. But there are family pressures today. There are financial pressures. Every, everybody faces financial pressures. There are, uh, there are spiritual pressures, for sure, because we all want to be right, and we all want to be doing the right things. There are problems in marriages. There are problems with our children. There's problems with, uh, you know, the, the world around us, the government around us, and every, you know, half the nations have their finger on the trigger, and the other half of the nations are wanting to have money to buy more triggers. And, I mean, we're constantly bombarded by the news out there of impending uh, destruction and all kinds of things, lots of people with their guns pointed at one another in terms of nations, and we're surrounded by that. There's a tension that goes with that. And Brother Branham said that when, when people, he said when no one and his family got in the ark and he said they were, they were rescued, he said there's a spirit that went with that. But he said there was also a spirit that went with the people who were outside. They had a different spirit, different anointing on them altogether. And you can't help but feel the pressure of that living in the same world. You're in the same space, if you like, as, as people of this world. And, you know, there, I mean, some of the stories that I hear and some of the things that go on and some of the things that take place in our world, you know, you just feel burdened for it. And then, you know, you're just trying to do your very best in all the different responsibilities that you have. And it can be overwhelming. It can be a burden. And I'd like to, I'd like to pray for people that, uh, you know, really feel that burden, especially people who are in leadership and management and, and so forth and, uh, you know, leading families and leading churches and, uh, let me tell you, there's, there's outside of that bumper of the presence of God, there's a, there's a world of darkness out there waiting to crush you. And I'm thankful for that presence. And I think we should uh, pray one for another that God would sustain us during this time. I wonder, could we stand to our feet? 
Sister Becky, would it be all right if you just came back and just played gently here? We'll have the rest of our musicians later, but just just gently as a little background here. <clears throat> And I'd like to take all of these requests and then the requests that are not written here that you hold upon your heart. I'd like you to take those requests and let's just bring them to him together. I'd like, to, uh, I'd like you to hold that request the same as if it was read out here and just hold that in your heart and just say, Lord, it doesn't always get written down and it doesn't always get spoken out, but I want you to be mindful of this request. Heavenly Father, as we bow in your presence this evening, Lord, and we're all joining our hearts together in prayer, and I've listed, Lord, these 20 different requests, Lord, that have come before me tonight, and I have my hands upon these pieces of paper. But Lord, this isn't just pieces of paper. These are lives, Lord, that are affected by different situations, different sicknesses, different troubles that they're facing. And we come to you, Lord Jesus, because we believe you know the story, the narrative behind every one of these requests. And Lord, you know the burdens that these people are carrying. You know the pain that we feel. And you know, Lord Jesus, the choices that really need to be made. And Lord, I'm praying tonight for families. I'm praying, Lord, for marriages. Praying for our young people, Lord, and for every family that's represented here tonight. And I believe, Lord, that our prayers are not weighted. In other words, it's not because our prayers are heavier or they're longer or they're louder. Lord, I believe we need to exercise faith in God. That's what your prophet taught us, Lord. That when we pray, we have faith in God. We may not have a prayer card. We might not be in the presence of a prophet, but Lord... We just want to have faith in God. And as we come to you this evening, Lord, I pray that we would lay everything, Lord, at the foot of the cross and forgive us, Lord, of everything that may hinder. Lord Jesus, we invite your presence to come and be real on behalf of every one of these needs, Lord. We think of some of our elderly people, Lord, who are struggling with their health concerns. And I pray, dear God, you'd give them strength. And Lord, you'd go to their homes and Lord, minister healing to their bodies, Lord. And I, especially in the situation, Lord, with Brother Troy. The doctors, Lord, have examined him and they've looked at him, Lord, and wondered and probed. And, and yet, Lord, he still has a measure of suffering and I commit him into your hands tonight. Lord, we curse that enemy that would, that would change his heart. And Lord, I just ask that you would just bring that healing touch that he needs, Lord. Bring it his way. Lord Jesus, there's so many here as we look at this and families, Lord, that I know are bowing now in your presence. And Lord, they're, they're just holding on for loved ones and holding on for friends who have cancer and different situations, Lord. We think of Brother Keith. And dear God, we know that his, his life, Lord, is entirely in your hands. And we're just going to keep it right there. Father, we believe that you care about us and we can come and cast our cares upon you because, Lord, that's exactly what you instructed us to do. And when we do that, Lord, we come because we have faith in you and we know that you have resources, Lord, that you can put, send our way that are greater than any human resources. And, Lord, you have power and you have the ability to speak, Lord, and turn a situation around. And in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I commit every one of these situations, Lord, to you 
And Lord, the ones that people are holding on their hearts now. And Father, we're going to be looking for a good outcome. Lord, we're going to be persistent like this woman who came to the unjust judge and just came, Lord, and just because it was such a burden on her heart, a burden that never got lifted, Lord, she came and she just presented that petition, not because she didn't believe in that judge, but she did believe that the judge had the power to turn it around. And Lord, we believe that when we come to you, Lord, we do believe you have the power to turn things around. We believe, Lord, you had the power to pour oil upon troubled waters and calm a situation. We believe, Lord, that you have the power to be able to heal and drive out a cancer or a heart condition, Lord, or high blood pressure or whatever it is, Lord, that is pending in our bodies. Lord, you're able to rectify that. You're able to heal it and make it completely well. Lord, I think of Brother Ron, Lord, heading down to visit with his mother. And Lord, he may never get a chance to speak to his mother again. But Lord, I pray that his presence there would be a channel through which the Holy Spirit could work and bring peace in that room. Father God, I just commit him into your hands now and, and just ask in the name of Jesus that you would just draw near to him and guide him safely, Lord, down the, down the highway all the way to Florida. Father God, we have loved ones that we know and we embrace them, Lord, in our hearts and we just commit them into your care. We commit them, Lord, into your hands tonight. We believe you to be a God who answers prayer. We believe you to be a God who loves us and cares for us. Lord, we believe you to be a God who can search our hearts and know us tonight. And Whatever it is, Lord, that may be out of the way, that you can help us, Lord, so that we might be a channel for your grace and mercy, and we can be a channel to speak things, Lord, that will make a difference in people's lives. We thank you, Lord, for the, for the grace that is given to us, Lord, that keeps the dark world at bay. And Lord Jesus, for that protection that the token gives to us in this last day. Lord, what a blessing it is to be able to live in the knowledge of what is true and right. Father, have your way now, we pray. We commit our hearts into your care. We want to say we love you and we thank you, Lord, for all you've given to us. We thank you for this wonderful message that has come to us in this last day. And Lord, we bind our hearts together, Lord, and, and we just want to say, Lord, move among us and revive our hearts, Lord, and continue, Lord, to move and do great miracles and great things among us, Lord, because you promise that these signs would follow them that believe. And Lord, we're going to trust you and we're going to put our hand in your hand. And Lord, we're just going to say, whatever your will is, Lord, that's our will. And we just want to have, let you have complete control, O oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for times like this when we can just stop in the midst of a busy world and just present all of our petitions to you. Father, speak, Lord, I pray. Move on the scene, Lord, I pray. Touch hearts, Lord, we pray tonight. In Jesus' lovely name and for your glory, we pray. In Jesus' lovely name, we pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. In his time, in his time, he makes all things in his time Lord please show me in 
sing this verse again now in your time yes in your time in your time you make all things beautiful in your time sing that first verse one more time. I'm going to ask Brother Sam if he'd come up and close it in a word of prayer tonight. Hold these requests upon your heart and hold the one you have upon your heart as well. Let's sing it together one more time. In his time In his time He makes all things In his time, Lord, please show. Father, Lord, first of all, Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord, just for, Lord, answering, Lord, all these requests, Lord, that we laid at your feet, Lord. Lord, in your time, Lord, Lord, your perfect time, Lord, all these requests, Lord, will be answered, Lord. Lord, I think of my own life, Father, Lord, my situation with my son, Lord, in your time, Lord, Lord, that's, that's what we ask, Father, and Lord, all the the other requests, Lord, the ones that are sick, Father, Lord, with cancer, Lord, whatever ailments, Lord, Lord, that these old bodies may have, Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you would just touch them, Lord, Lord, and you would just, Lord, pass by their way, Lord, Brother Keith, Lord, we're expecting, Lord, Lord, that you would just, Lord, helping, Father, Lord, 
Lord, give him a, a new liver, Father, Lord. Lord, kidneys, Lord. Lord, control the diabetes, Lord, whatever. Yes. Lord, that he needs, yes. Father, Lord. We're expecting, Lord. And Lord, by faith, Lord, we bring, Lord, all these requests to you, Lord. Lord, we know, Lord, that that's what moves you. Lord, is our faith, Lord. And Lord, tonight, Lord, thank you for this little time, Lord, that we had, Lord, just to pray. Lord, it's so good, Lord, just to pray, Lord. Lord, just to have a, a God, Lord, that we can bring our requests to, Lord, that, that listens, Lord. Lord, that's alive, Lord. Lord, just thank you, Lord, just for being that God, Father. And Lord, I ask you, Lord, just to help us, Lord, as we go home tonight, Father. Lord, that you would just be with us, Lord, the rest of the week. Lord, as things that we're going to come across, Lord, that you would just be there with us, Lord. Father, once again, I just want to thank you, Lord, just for everything that you've done, Lord, in my life, Lord, and everything you're going to do for us, Lord, here, Lord, with all these requests. Father, thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God still moves. God still moves in the hearts of his people. God still moves. He does not He slumber, God still moves, God still moves. I'm going to let you go this evening here. We're just going to end it this evening. Um, I'm just, I'm thankful that we have a place to turn with our requests. We should never be worried that there are requests because as long as we're in these bodies, there will be requests. But I'm glad we have a place to go. I'm glad we have a place to turn. And so we want you to remember these needs as best you can. And uh, we have a little document here that's in the back about the international dinner, so that's available. We also posted that document online uh, so you can look at it as well. Uh, but this has to do with our international dinner, not this Sunday, but next Sunday. So remember, we have two services coming this Sunday, one with Brother George Smith at 5 in the afternoon. So may God bless you tonight. Sing it as you go. God be with you. God still moves. God still moves. In the hearts of his people, God still moves. Does not sleep.